on seed time and harvest and we are focusing on tithing and the subject we are looking at the, at the verse in the book of Malachi chapter 3 uh, verse 8 and 9 and there is a question there that is asked uh, will a man rob God so our subtitle for the message today what it means to rob God what it means to rob God may the Lord be with us we are teaching on tithing. So I want you to understand that as we teach on tithing, the main issue is to try and highlight that God, when God said we should pay the tithe, his main intent was to bless us. His main intent was to move us forward because all of us, as we speak now, we are busy fighting against the curse. In other words, when, when, when we are born from childhood, the curse is in force. There are certain activities that happen in our life and the scriptures give us an antidote against those activities. In other words, when we do certain things that the scriptures teach us, we become successful and we break through. When we neglect the things that God said we should do and we do not do, we automatically open the door for a curse to come into our life. So the most important thing to understand today is that I want you to know that tithing is there as part of God's blessing upon our life. Tithing is there to advance us, to make us to become more wealthier, to make us to be protected and guided by the scriptures and to do much more than we are doing. So when you look at the scriptures, uh, the case in the book of Genesis chapter 3, we will start there and build ourselves. Without Jesus... Uh, the case will continue. The book of Galatians chapter 3, verse 13. Can you put it on the screen for us, please? It gives us the understanding that Jesus became a case for us. It says, Christ has redeemed us from the case of the law by becoming a case for us. Because it is written, case is everyone who hangs on a tree. So Jesus became a case that through him being cursed, we may be, become the blessed of the Lord. However, I was talking to somebody many years past. The person says, it seems the case of tithing, Jesus has not been able to defeat it. And I said to the person, you do not understand. It's obedience. Even though Christ has died for us, if we are not obedient, the effect of the work of Christ upon our life will not be seen or will not take effect. So I want to bring the challenge to us that every day as we wake up in the morning, Working for food, for sleep, we are fighting against the curse that was given. We are the only creatures that have to work for our food. All other animals, all other creatures don't have to work because the curse didn't affect them directly as it did with us. The Bible says, look at the birds of the air. They never spin nor toil, but they are well fed. They eat and they have everything. So they have all that life has to give. Why? Because they still rely on God. But for us humans, we suffer because the curse is in operation. Some of us are stuck where we are because of the effect of the curse upon our life. Can we go together to the book of Genesis, chapter 3? We will not read the whole book, but just the, the curse that we are fighting this morning so that you are able to see it. We are reading from verse 16. Genesis Chapter 3, verse 16. It says, To the woman he said, 
I will make your pains in childbearing very severe. With painful labor, you will give birth to children. Your desire will be for your husband, and he will rule over you. If we have time, we'll talk about it. Verse 70 says, To Adam he said, Because you, because you listened to your wife and ate fruit from the tree about which I commanded you, you must not eat from it. Cursed is the ground because of you. Through painful toil, you will eat food from it all the days of your life. Verse 18. It will produce thorns and thistles for you, and you will eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your brow, you will eat your food until you return to the ground. Since from it you come, you have been taken, for dust you are, and to dust you will return. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. Now, what we are fighting against, I want us to focus specifically not on the, the curse on the women, but the curse on the men. The Bible says here, gives us an understanding that cursed is the ground for your sake, that out of pa painful toil, you will eat food from it all the days of your life. It says the land will produce, but as you saw on it, thorns and thistles it will still give. Even though you put much effort very little will come back to you. Why? Because there is a case on it. But today I want to show you that when, 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 when we pay our tithe or we give our tithe, it's an antidote that the Lord has given to us against the case for our labor, for the fruits of our hands, the works of our hands, everyday activity that we do. The issue is not about any more money. Most people say, if I earn more money, I'll do well. I can pick two, three people who are earning a lot of money. You'll realize that it's not the lot of money that makes you succeed or to be rich. It is the grace of God. Amen. Now, when you look at it, I spoke to somebody who's very affluent. We're talking about this car, which is a very nice car. The nice house is God. Both of them is paying loans for the two. We are talking about 70,000, 80,000 rand for a house and a car. You see, when you look at it, when you look at this salary, all of us are very excited. If I was earning 80,000, I'd be very happy. And I, I will have a good life. For the same person, he's earning much more. For us, who and less, we look at him and say, wow, he's got. But the Bible teaches us that there is a devourer. It's not about the lot of money, but it's God stopping the devourer. The Bible says in the book of Ecclesiastes, there are those who work very hard. The more wealthier they become, the more mouths they have to feed. In other words, the more wealth you have, the more your money gets used. It's not like, oh, I'm any more, like they gave you an increase. If we were to ask how much have you saved, you find even the increase before it even came to your account, it was already committed. And this is what we are talking about. So I'm, I'm laying a foundation for you to understand that when, when the scripture gives us an understanding, God wants to bless us. But most of the time, it's upon us to act on it. That even though Christ has become a curse for us, we have not acted in obedience. The book of Isaiah, chapter 1, verse 19, it gives us that understanding that if we are willing and obedient, 
we will eat the good of the land. But most of us believe we are wiser than God. We think God doesn't think correctly. Therefore, we do things our own way. Let's go together to the book of Malachi chapter 3, verse 8 and 9. Can you say amen? amen. Let's say it again. Amen. amen. Malachi chapter 3, verse 8 and 9. It says, do not... Okay, the subtopic there says, do not rob God. It says, will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, in what way have we robbed you? It says, in tithes and offerings. You are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, even the whole nation. So here, the scripture gives us a picture that the whole of us, in this regard, he was talking to Israel, to say the whole of us, we have robbed God, we have not been faithful, we have not kept uh, the promise, we have not been obedient. So it is the will of God to bless us. Tithing is the way God wants to bless you. We are fighting against the cash so that the cash doesn't take effect upon our life. Part of the challenge about tithing, most of the time, we look at it as something that God is taking away from us. But it's something that God is giving to us. People who do not pay their tithe, the Bible tells us, they are cursed. We are fighting against that as we read Genesis chapter 3. I've got about eight points that I want us to go through in regards to uh, what it means to rob God. What, is, what it means to rob God. Maybe you have been robbing God innocently. We usually say, robbers are very bold. Recently on television, they've been showing people at the airport being robbed. Broad daylight. The people will come with guns, take their cell phones, their valuables, and leave them. When you look at it, they are doing it without hiding their face. They are daring. So even with us, when we, we don't pay the tithe, it's exactly what we do. That's why the, the scripture asks the question, will a man rob God? Maybe your current status, circumstances, hardship, difficulty, it has come because you have not heeded to the word of God. So the question still remains, will a, will a man rob God? Will a man rob God? This is the time to repent. Point number one. I've got eight points. Point number one. I should be done in the next coming 25 minutes or so, by the grace of God. Amen? Number one, 10% of your income is the property of the Lord. Can you tell your neighbor, 10% of your income belongs to the Lord. It's not yours. Yeah, I can hear you. You are arguing already. Say, do you know how hard I work for it? Leviticus 27 verse 30. What is a tenth? A tenth is one tenth of a whole. So, a ten percent of our income belongs to the Lord. Leviticus 27 30 says, And all the tithe of the land, whether of seed of the land, or of the fruit of the tree is the Lord's. It is holy unto the Lord. Praise the Lord. The tithe belongs to the Lord. Withholding the tithe is stealing it from the Lord. Can you tell your neighbor, withholding the tithe is stealing it from the Lord. So the Bible says, bring all the tithe 
into the storehouse. So God expects us to pay the tithe. God expects us, tithing is not a gift that we give to God, but is a required giving that God expects us to give. Remember this statement, giving begins after you have paid your tithe. Can you tell your neighbor, giving begins when you have paid your tithe. Praise the Lord. Can you give Jesus a clap offering there? Amen. Number two, not paying your tithe is stealing God's property. Not paying your tithe is stealing God's property. I don't know if anyone will love to have a thief. Somebody every time who comes to your house to steal for you. Nobody likes a thief. I don't want my friends to be thieves. Secondly, we said that not paying your tithe is stealing God's property. Malachi chapter 3, verse 8. It says, Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, Wherein have we robbed you? And he says, In tithes and offering. A man can steal, if a man can steal from God, then that man is a dangerous man. Think about it. We always say to the young, young couples that are getting married, to say, you have to be sure that the person is generous. You see, most of the time we are generous when we give small gifts to our friends. But we usually say, check, is this man faithful to the Lord? Is this woman faithful to the Lord? Are they faithful with their tithes? I say, that's where you test their honor and their faithfulness. If The Bible says, if you are unfaithful with the least, you will not be faithful with more. Most of the time, people say, when I have money, I will do it. You are lying. You will not do it. Because if you can't do it while you don't have it, the day you have it, you're going to have serious problems. So, he who's faithful with least is as well faithful with much. You can entrust much more to somebody who's faithful with the little things than the person who's not faithful with the least. The scripture gave us that understanding. Any man that steals from God is a dangerous man. So I want you to know that stealing from God, you will not get away from him. Praise the Lord. Number three. The Bible admonishes thieves not to steal anymore. Can you speak to your neighbor and say, we should steal no more? Or are there no thieves here? Can you tell your neighbor, we should, we should steal no more? Yeah, we should steal no more. That's what the scripture says. We should steal no more. Hallelujah. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 28. Poverty, struggle, comes because of rebellion, stubbornness, inability to take counsel, inability to take the guidance of the word of God. We suffer great losses. Ephesians 4, 28, Let him that stole steal no more, but rather let him labor, working with his hands the things which is good that he may have to give to him that needeth. Praise the Lord. The nature of the thief is the nature of the devil. Can you tell your neighbor, the nature of a thief, say it like you mean it, the nature of a thief is the nature of the devil. 
The Bible says Satan has come to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Anyone who steals wants to destroy others. If it is month end and I steal your salary, what do you think? Am I, do I want to be your friend? If you have to pay rent and you have other responsibilities, you will realize that the intent is to destroy you. It's to make sure that you don't gain access to that which is rightfully yours. And here we see the nature of Satan, that Satan's nature is to, to steal. And the thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. So even in our actions, in our innocence, because most of us, we are not aware God wants to bless us, but in our innocence, we are busy casing ourselves, working and fighting against the cut, that which God has given to us. So let us steal no more. Hallelujah. Since you are born again, the Bible says we should stop stealing. Now that you are born again, do not continue to steal by withholding your tithe as well. Indeed, God has declared that not paying the tithe is stealing from him. Number four. I'm doing well on time. You said I wouldn't make it. I'm making it. Number four. There will be no thieves in heaven. Can you tell your neighbor? There will be no thieves in heaven. In the church, there are thieves. Yeah. In the church, we always say, please, close your ladies, close your bags, hide your cell phones. Because sometime after church, somebody comes and says, my cell phone is gone. And we are in church, isn't it? Yeah. But in heaven, there are no thieves. In heaven, there are no thieves. There will be no thieves in heaven. Matthew 6, verse 20. Matthew chapter 6, verse 20. This is a very powerful spiritual teaching. Even though you are too quiet, there's no amen. You are not intimidating me at all. This is supernatural. We cannot have a church of poor people. It's not possible. You see, when you don't know, you become poor. Cases. You know, there are a lot of cases. One of the cases, it comes automatically. It says, honor your father and your mother. Isn't it? And there is another case that comes. The Bible says, if you are in the company of a gray-headed, an old person, if he comes, you should give him a seat. There is a blessing. But if you don't stand, there is a case. So I was in a bus. There was these children who were sitting with their mother. An elderly person came. The mother was really doing a good thing, saying to one of the children, can you please stand up? So that Mkulu can sit. And the child says, I came first. I was here before you. I can't, I can't stand. That's when human rights come in. There's a case in that. As a parent, anyway, it doesn't matter even if you paid for the seat. Somebody says, I paid full price. You will get the full price of a case. Don't forget, cases get activated. You remember the other case, the Bible says, he who leads the blind astray. It's not really a really blind person who can see. I come, I, it's first time I'm coming to Pretoria. I meet you. Hi, how are you? You say, I'm fine. I say, will you please show me where I can find the union building or maybe any of the, the, the place I'm looking for. And you are looking at me, say, union building? Say, yes. You see this road? 
just go straight. After about so many kilos, you'll find the T-junction, 10 left. And you know deep down in your heart, you have just pronounced a curse on yourself because you have led the blind astray. You have taken advantage of people who you need not to have taken advantage. You remember the xenophobic attacks? Treating a stranger badly. There is a case for it. A foreigner. They say, oh, this one is a foreigner. You treat him bad. Just know. Jesus, uh, God, when he speaks, he says, you, Israel, you were strangers in a foreign land yourselves. You were hosted by others. So when a stranger comes, a foreigner comes, you must. Now, if you don't do it, guess what has happened? Nobody needs to curse you. It just become automatic. Matter with somebody. I hope you are getting the idea. You are getting the idea, isn't it? Curses are everywhere. Avoid curses. There are people you are not supposed to travel with because they are cursed. Whatever they do is cursed. You can go with them, you'll be the one who dies as compared to them dying. No, it's true. There are things we don't have to do. You can't say, oh, he's my friend, I'm going with him. Your friend, you ask uh, 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 Jehoshaphat, he, he, he visited the king of Israel, Ahab, and they went for war. When they were going for war, Ahab was in a hurry. Jehoshaphat says to him, can we call the prophet of the Lord to come and descend? Is it the right time for us? He had 400 false prophets who were saying, you will win, O king. They went to war, and Jehoshaphat almost lost his life. And they told him, they say, because it was you, the Lord has saved you. But God always have wanted to kill this Ahab, the king of, of Israel. So you have to be conscious and aware that there are certain things that the Lord expects us to do. They are simple. They are happening every day. Even though Christ has died for us, if you are not going to keep and remain faithful and loyal to the reading of the scriptures, we open ourselves to head. Am I talking to somebody? So we said, number four, there will be no thieves in heaven. Isn't it? He says, but lay up for yourself treasures in heaven. So when we pay the tithes, we lay our treasures in heaven. When we win souls, we are laying our treasures where? In heaven. He says, where neither moth nor rust do corrupt, and where thieves do not break through to steal. So in heaven, there are no thieves there. Because thieves go to hell. Is that fine? There will be no thieves in heaven. When you do not pay the tithe, and the Bible says you are robbing God, then you are a thief. And by default, I think this scripture says to us, you might be going another route. You might be going to hell. Do you see it? You're too quiet. Oh, Barcelona. Can we say amen? amen. Can we say amen? amen? That's better. Praise the Lord. It's slightly quieter than usual, you know. So, thieves will not make heaven because there are no thieves in heaven. 
Praise the Lord. So, could it be that your failure to pay the tithe could actually keep you out of heaven? Number five. How am I doing on time? I'm doing well. Number five. Stealing the tithe destroys your relationship with God. When we don't pay the tithe, we are busy destroying our relationship with God. The book of Hosea chapter 4, verse 1 and 2. It says, listen to the word of the Lord, O sons of Israel, for the Lord has a case against the inhabitants of the land because there is no faithfulness or kindness or knowledge of God in the land. There is swearing, deception, murder, and our way they stealing. So stealing always destroys relationships. Stealing always destroys relationship. God has a cause against thieves. Last, last week we read about thieves that in the book of Zechariah, the Bible says God has sent a curse that is waiting for perjurers, those who lie, and those that steal. The Bible says the curse will go into his house, will eat the roof, eat the bricks, until nothing is left. All these curses are there for themselves. That is why the Bible says we should not envy those that steal because the law will catch up with them very soon. And I think soon we will start to see it even in our country. Praise the Lord. So stealing destroys relationship. Can you tell your neighbor, stealing spoils relationships. Hallelujah. So in, in South Africa, thieves are put into prison. If you are a thief, we catch you We'll put you into prison. Number six. Stealing the tithe will cause your demotion. Stealing the tithe. Not paying the tithe will demote you. The book of Amos chapter 3, verse 10 and 11. Amos chapter 3. You know, I thought I would get, hallelujah, pastor, preach it. Hey. Maybe I should go to the teens service. I should go upstairs and be with the teens. Praise the Lord. Amos 3 verse 10 and 11. It says, for they know not to do right. Even though they know what is right, they will not do right. They know not to do right, says the Lord, who stores up violence and robbery in their palaces. Therefore, that says the Lord God, an adversary there shall be even around about the land, and he shall bring down thy strong, thy strength from thee, and thy palaces shall be spoiled. So here the Bible gives us a picture that because of the violence we have and disregard for the works of the Lord, God will raise a rivalry, somebody stronger, to come and plunder and destroy the little efforts we have made so that maybe by that our ears will turn. The scripture shows us the anger of the Lord is released against the thieves. The strength is brought down and their homes and palaces are destroyed. Thieves are not promoted. They are being pulled down. So my encouragement to us is that let us not steal because stealing brings down, it demotes us. But when we pay the tithe, God will bless us. Amen. Number seven. 
I'm breaking record. Yeah. Because there's somebody who says I preach long. So I want to prove to you. <laughs> I want to prove to you that I preach as much as I want. <laughs> Number seven. Withholding the tithe robs the church of its ability to function properly. Yeah. Can you imagine you are married, husband and wife, and either your wife doesn't disclose the full salary, but she expects every, or your husband doesn't disclose the full salary. You are stealing. My wife told me many years ago when she was working in one of the parastatals, they got what they call 13, not 13 check, gain share, like is the money they get when the company has done well. And they gave him the, the receipt to prove how much they are going to pay him. He opened it and with joy he was dancing for the amount of money and immediately went to the shredder. You know, and he went and shredded the, the pay slip. And my wife says, I ask him, why do you do that? Are you not going to show your wife? And he says, no way. She doesn't even know that I'm getting this money. She knows my salary, that's it. All my overtimes and everything. And I said, it's not surprising. That marriage will not last long. Because you are stealing from, you think it's a small thing to steal. Your unfaithfulness will be in almost everything that you do. If, if you, you become unfaithful in the least, you are unfaithful in all. It's not, it's not like, oh, I'll be unfaithful in this little thing. No. You are unfaithful in all. May the Lord have mercy on us. Hallelujah. Withholding the tithe robs the church of its ability to function properly. Robbing the church of the tithes robs the church of its ability to build necessary facilities. Stealing the tithes robs the church of the ability to employ good people to do a great work for the Lord. Stealing the tithe is therefore a very serious crime. Isn't it? Souls are lost and people perish, go to hell. Think about it. We have sent so far about six people overseas because you have been faithful, isn't it? Will it be possible if we're not paying the tithes? Will it be possible to do the work that we are doing without your faithfulness? It's not, it's not possible. Can we give a love to Jesus for faithfulness? Those that are faithful. Yes. Those that are faithful, it will not be possible to send people away to go and do the work of the ministry. When you keep the tithe, you are starving the church and making the work of the ministry difficult. In essence, part of it, maybe you, you want the pastor to suffer. Yeah. If you don't pay the tithe, you don't like me. What do you think? You want my children not to have food. What do you think? I know of a, of a family that didn't want to pay the tithe. And so I asked them, before you came, before you came to church, what do you think we were living on? Can you ask your neighbor, before you came, who supplied for our needs? Ask, ask. Please let them answer you. Uh, say, say, say it like a minute. Before you came, how did we survive? Yeah. Before you came, how, 
how did we survive? So I, I asked that question. I said, did you contribute any money to buy any building in the church? They said, no. I said, what, what made you to think that money has stopped coming? If, if I got a car that I never had to pay for before you came and I'm driving my car, what makes you to think I depend on your money to put petrol on my car while I could get the car? Uh, lady Deacon P. That's madness, isn't it? Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord. Don't forget, we are teaching this to say God wants us to pay the tithe because the tithe neutralizes the curse on our life. How does it neutralize the curse? If we read the book of Malachi, it says, I will stop the devourer for your sake. I'll stop what? The devourer for your sake. Some of us are working very hard, but there is very little that we show for what we, we are laboring for. Number eight and the last one. We are on number eight, isn't it? Yeah. We might as well clap your hands. You know? <laughs> yeah. Number eight and the last one. Stealing brings the wrath of God upon you. When we steal, we open ourselves to curses. When we steal, we open ourselves to curses. Ezekiel chapter 22, verse 29 to 31. The people of the land have used oppression, exercised robbery, and have waxed the poor and the needy. Yeah, they have uh, uh, oppressed the stranger wrongfully, and I sought for a man among them that I should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land, that I should not destroy it, but I found none. Therefore have I poured out mine indignation upon them. I have consumed them with fire of my wrath. Their, their own ways I have recompensed upon their heads, says the Lord. Hallelujah. It is no wonder that God's anger is stirred up. So when we don't pay the tithe, we open ourselves to more cases. Last week we spoke about the number of cases. If you go to the book of Deuteronomy 28, which we like reading, the first 14 verses, they are great verses. But did you know how many, how many verses are in that chapter? There are a lot. I think about 60 verses. All of them, they speak about the case. And it comes as a result of disobedience. If you read, can we go to Deuteronomy 28, verse 1 and 2, just for you to see the, 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 the counsel of the Lord. It says, now if you faithfully obey the Lord your God and are careful to follow all, all his commandments I'm giving you today, the Lord your God will put you far above all the nations of the earth. Do you see it? It says, if you do this thing, I will put you far above the nations of the earth. It says, all these blessings will come and overtake you because you obey the Lord your God. Let's go to verse 3. It says, you will be blessed in the city. Let's go to verse, verse 13. We know all the verses. The Lord will make you the head and not the tail. You will move up 
upward and never downward if you listen to the Lord your God's commands I'm giving to you today and are careful to follow them. Verse 14. Do not turn aside to the right or to the left from all these things I'm commanding you today and do not go after other gods to worship them. Verse 15. But if you do not obey, this is where the trouble starts. But if you do not obey the Lord your God, the Lord your God, by carefully following all these commandments and statutes I'm giving you today, all these cases will come and overtake you. Now, if we had the time, we will go through all the cases. They are a lot. Okay, let's go, let's go to verse 16. It says they'll overtake you. I mean, it says you will be cursed in the city and cursed in the country. I think that one is enough. Isn't it? We don't, we don't need to hear much about it. Thank you, my brother. My, 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 my challenge to us as we run up is that God has a good plan for your life, a plan to prosper you. Hallelujah. Can we go back to the book of Malachi chapter 3? God gives us that understanding. He says, with a blessing, I will bless you. He says, I will open the windows of heaven and bless you in such a way that you will have no room to contain. And what God has said is true. He says, bring the full 10% into the storehouse so that, they be, that, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this way, says the Lord of hosts. See if I will not open the floodgates of heaven and pour out a blessing for you without measure. Don't you want the floodgates without measure? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So we are going to take time for prayer. John 10.10, we read it earlier. It says the thief has come to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Not paying the tithes, we are playing into the hands of the same enemy in Genesis chapter 3, who pronounced a permanent curse upon our life that we may struggle, we may go through hard time. The book of Romans chapter 6.23 says to us, the wages of sin is death but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. So as we pray, I want you to ponder upon these things. Maybe you are among those who pay the tithe faithfully. It is my prayer that you pray to the Lord that you may experience his full blessing. As he says, I will open the floodgates and I will bless you. Maybe you are part of some of us who are not faithful. Or sometimes we give as and when we feel like it. But today we understand that part of our struggle has come because we do not pay the tithe. This is a good time to come before the Lord and say, Lord, forgive me for not taking heed to your word. Because the Bible says, if we are willing and obedient, we'll eat the good of the land. And the scripture continues to say, the blessing of the Lord make it rich, and he adds no sorrow to us. Amen. Can we bow our heads together as we pray? I want you to pray for yourself. Is a time of repentance. Is a time to make right with God. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray this morning. We exalt your name. We are grateful, Father, of the power of the Holy Spirit upon our life. We thank you, Lord, that, Lord, you ask the question, will a man rob God? Father, all life belongs to you. We surrender our life to you, O God. We give ourselves fully to you, Father. We pray that you will touch us. 
we pray that you will work through our life this morning we come against the devourer we come against the work of satan that intends to delay us we repent of our sin we repent of our bad lifestyle father we pray even today as your word teaches us that satan has come to steal to kill and to destroy father we kneel before you oh god that lord where we have gone astray lord perfect our work we pray father we plead the blood of jesus upon our life that lord you may forgive us that lord the blood of jesus may speak for us even as your word says jesus became a curse for us that through him father we may receive a blessing this morning father in obedience we respond to your word father we thank you that christ has died for us and today we hide ourselves in him and lord we pray for cleansing we pray father for the covering of the holy spirit the covering of the blood of jesus upon our life